Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present, and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art. This podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Living Martial Arts. Oh, hi. Right. Hello to everyone. Uh, this is uh, Dark Master with a Living Martial Arts podcast. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying the uh, guests that we've had on. I know that you're going to enjoy this guest. Super excited to have Mr. Kieran McDonald. He teaches in the Oxford area, teaches Taekwondo, but also has a background in, the, in karate as well. Uh, very similar to myself, in fact. Um, so, yeah, really, really pleased to, um, to have him on the podcast. Uh, so how are you, Mr. McDonald? Very well, sir. Very well, sir. How are you? Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I'm doing the thing. I've done the thing this morning that I like the most. I've been out training. Uh, I've been out uh, doing a little bit of a uh, bit of stretching and that type of thing. And I've also done some guitar. So uh, the things that wow. uh, I love to do a little bit of workout and a little bit of relaxation. Uh, and that's that's my mornings. Oh, I, actually, I did a bit of breathing as well. <laughs> Wow, so, all day, and it's only like uh, quarter past eleven. Well, well, the thing is, I, I actually um, wake up really early. I, my eyes, whatever time I go to bed, my eyes always ping at six. So by the time half past six <laughs> is is there, I'm up. And I'm, I think I think it's my hyperactivity actually that um, does it to me. But uh, I've, I've never struggled to getting out of bed. <laughs> I've, yeah, I, I fight against nature all the time. I know I should uh, be a morning morning person. <laughs> but uh, and increasingly, my my body is uh, fighting against my nature as I get older as well. Now, now I'm very sort of photosensitive, so whenever there's a dash of daylight that comes, it manages to get in through the curtains. Boom! Yeah. I wake, wake up. So instead <laughs> of waking up, which would be the sensible thing to do, I've invested hundreds of pounds in various sleep sleep masks and ear, <laughs> ear pads and stuff. You know, so. <laughs> Block out the environment. <laughs> well, well I, I'll tell you one thing I've I've got recently, and I've got I've got it in the next couple of days. I'm going to do some things on on this podcast about it, but I've just got some some grounding a grounding bed sheet so I can sleep grounded. And I'm actually standing on a grounding mat, so I'm grounding to earth. I'm just seeing uh, how my body feels. Uh, I, I actually I've actually done it before, but um, I'm trying it in a slightly different way. I'm, I'm going to get a, a, a grounding. Um, some grounding implements because I like walking outside which is what grounding is all about and getting on the grass barefoot and that type yeah. of thing um and apparently it's supposed to be extremely good for your health so we'll see but anyway on with the um on with the podcast um great to have you on, have you on here I'm going to start with my usual question which is it's quite an open-ended question really because it, it this can go on if you've been training in martial arts for some time like you have and like I have this could actually go on all day <laughs> so the, que the question is is can you tell me a little bit about your martial arts journey um you're gonna have to condense it because I know there are a few elements <laughs> to your journey but uh please go for it 
Right. Okay. Then so the condensed version. So I started um, martial arts in the early eighties, like everybody else did. Uh, we did whatever martial arts was available in the local hall, village hall. For me, it was in uh, my dad lived in a poor area of um, my dad and um, mum got divorced at an early age. My parents were immigrants, and they, he lived in an area full of uh, immigrants in Reading, off the Oxford Road. And they had a blind center there, and the guy there was teaching uh, Shotokan karate. And I believe it was Shotokan karate. I mean, it could have been anything for all I know. Uh, and we went in there and did some of that, and that was it. You know, you, you got the. Uh, I mean, you had the bug before then because we lived in a time of uh, knockoff videos, and everyone was watching the Bruce Lee and uh, uh, the whole Hong Kong movie, uh, you know, thing that was going on at the moment. Yeah. At that time. Uh, so everybody wanted to be Bruce Lee, and, and really, I don't know what karate was, or kung fu was, or you know, taekwondo was, or anything at the time. I was just happy to leap up and down and uh, do what Sensei told me. So I did that for a bit. That was good, and that was kind of uh, introduction to martial arts that stayed with me all, all through my life. You know, like most people, I never stuck at it, and uh, came back to it later on in life. And again, I was uh, I tried a lot of other martial arts. I tried the uh, Aikido a few times. And I never really got on with that. Was, they just seemed like angry windmills in the class. No one was really saying if you're speaking. <laughs> it was like just waving their arms around in circles. So, and yeah, it wasn't for me. Uh, and then I got into Taekwondo. I found, um, I, I basically was smoking again. My, my parents were, were a nightmare for smoking. I mean, like you grew up in the 70s and 80s yeah. as well. So you remember sitting in rooms. Oh, thank, thanks, thanks very much. Yeah, most people have been there in the 60s and 70s, but I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't see, right? You can, there was like a fog in, in your living room on a Saturday if you live with people who smoke, or in every bar or restaurant or everywhere you went, you just couldn't see anything. People just, people now, if you tell them that you were sat in a room like that, they, they'd freak, they just wouldn't believe you. <laughs> but, but yeah, I grew up with that, so then I inevitably grew up smoking as well. And uh, I'd had enough of it by the time I'd uh, reached my early 20s. So I was looking for a way to get out of it. And I tried uh, just willpower, which <laughs> failed me dramatically. So I, I needed something healthy to focus my life into. And that was uh, martial arts. And the martial art that was close to me at that time happened to be a thing called freestyle taekwondo, which was, uh, I, I mean, I don't know, don't know what it what it was. But it, it was uh, kicking and punching and running around the hall and doing press-ups and all those things that we're very attached to and would recognise immediately. And uh, and that was it, basically. I got sold on the healthy lifestyle. Not completely, but, um, yeah, you know, I still like drinking a burger every now and again. But, yeah, but it definitely changed the path of my life. And I definitely gave up smoking. So that was the last time I smoked. Oh, wow. It worked really well, yeah. I mean, I like I've been an addict, proper addict. Yeah, up in the morning, have a cigarette, go to bed. Last thing I do is have a cigarette. And then all of a sudden, I uh, started martial arts and that, that had gone. You know, I needed to breathe. Yeah. And uh, that was the solution. Stop burning money, <laughs> inhaling <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's sorry to sort of cut in there, but it, it's funny because my, you're right, you know, I used to sit in uh, rooms. Uh, I remember going on a flight uh, sitting at the, back, uh, at the front of an aircraft because you had smoking and non-smoking. There, there was no, there was no screen. So guess what? The, the smoke didn't didn't, <laughs> didn't discriminate. It used to come up to the up to all the non-smokers and then back down again. Um, and and also the other place that I got 
got exposed to smoke was at school because everybody, um, all the bad bad lads used to smoke in the toilets. So you go in the toilets to use the toilets and you just get absolutely drenched in smoke. And the other place was the the um, staff room at school. If you ever stood outside the staff room and the door opened, you had a waft of smoke. Um, so, yeah, you, you're right. So, sorry, carry on, carry on. Uh, that was, I was just, uh, you know, reminiscing there about standing outside the staff room. I spent a lot of time in my youth standing outside the staff room. <laughs> but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then after that, uh, I got sold on Taekwondo. So that was it. Um, I had a disastrous experience with the freestyle. A guy, uh, as a white belt, told me to break a board. He'd never trained me how to break a board. He just said, hit it. This was in my first grading. I'd never even seen one before. Oh, wow. So I, I said, how do I hit it? And he just said, punch it as hard as you can. So that's what I did. <laughs> I broke my hand, you know. <laughs> It was crazy. They were going to pin my wrist for for quite a while. I was not going. I was going to lose the, you know, flexibility in my wrist. I, I was very upset. So yeah. obviously, I never never went back, collected that belt. But thankfully, by that time, I found other taekwondo schools, and I'd fallen in love with uh, what used to be called WTF. Yeah. Although they, they've wisely been that when they call themselves WT. <laughs> but yeah, so I fell in love with that. That was like hardcore training uh, with some uh, Indian Malaysian family in east london and they were nutters uh they would slap children and shout at you and they were proper military discipline i don't think they'd actually ever been in the military but they, yeah. they definitely inherited that military discipline and uh yeah crikey i mean i don't know how they didn't get put away for some of the things they did. i mean literally they were slapping small children around the face in front of me I yeah, thought, yeah. Oh, i'm gonna do what i'm told <laughs> but, but you did get fit that's very very quickly and then from there, I moved down. Uh, I did. Uh, I moved down to Newbury, and there weren't any uh, World Taekwondo or WTF schools. So I hooked up with uh, my local ITF stylist, who just become an ITF stylist and used to be a TAGB stylist. And as you know that man very well, that was Master Mark Ogborn, uh, my instructor for many years. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I joined, joined Puma through that. So you know that was the beginning of. Uh, you know, prop, learning proper taekwondo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, um, you know, those that are listening, any WTF stylists that are listening, the thing about WTF uh, was it was very different in those days. I mean, I'm at, I did a tiny bit of WTF um, and competed against some WTF uh, exponents. And, you know, it was all spinning, back leg and, and, and that type of thing. And actually, it was quite dynamic. Uh, the WTF that I see today in the Olympics isn't quite the same. And I think, unfortunately, it really has, in, in my opinion, I, I don't think it's done a great deal for the, the WTF or WT style, uh, the Olympics. It's a shame because they've sort of changed it so that people can know what's going on and recognise a point when they see it, which I think has been to the detriment uh, of the WTF, which is a shame. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to come across as someone who's uh, slagging off WTF because no, I do no. love it. I, I mean, I, I, although I did foolishly say that. I do love WTF. I mean, yeah, I've been doing Taekwondo for over 20 years now. And we are, you know, as a martial art, we are without a doubt the best at kicking in the world. You know, there are no other, karate are good, but they're not as good as us because we're specialists in it. And WTF are better than us because they, you know, they spend more time kicking than we do. We spend a lot of time doing forms and patterns. You'd be lucky. I mean, I spent two years doing WTF and never learned a form, never. Yeah. You know, Day one, I was doing tornado kicks. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, you get really good at kicking really, really quickly. Yeah. Uh, and that is that is the focus. And you are right. Yeah, the Olympic taekwondo was absolutely atrocious. And even people have been in uh, WTF their whole life now are embarrassed about it, especially now they're in. Uh, everybody's they're introducing these new uniforms where people are wearing a pair of pants and a pair of tights. Um, yeah. They're just embarrassing. They've just yeah. I don't know what I mean. I don't know what what's going on with it. They they it, it got so bad uh, for a while that uh, people were just standing on the spot, bouncing up and down, going, ah, 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 ah. and there was yeah. no activity. So they had to do, introduce cards for inactivity if you didn't do anything within a certain amount of time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It was embarrassing. Yeah. No, they literally weren't doing anything. They were just uh, flicking a shoulder and making that ah, noise. Yeah, I yeah. Remember I got, like, when I got super into Taekwondo. And it became uh, introduced into the Olympics as a demonstration sport in, in the Seoul Olympics. Uh, I, I got super excited and I, I got all my friends around to watch uh, World Taekwondo um, at the Olympics. And it was the most boring thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> I felt so guilty because I was foisting this on my friends, telling them it was going to be dynamic and exciting. Because all the tournaments I've been to had been that way. Yeah. But this was just dreadful. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah they, they definitely need to look at it because. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's the same with all sports. When you get like a guy that is brilliant and another guy or gal that are brilliant, you put them together, they kind of cancel each other out. So sure. you have, you know, you have to tinker with the rules to, to allow uh, the greatest array of techniques that you want to see. But also uh, you have to tinker with them so that you, you get activity and certain things are rewarded. And I think that's the problem that WTF have got or the, or the World Taekwondo Association have got, or Kuku Kwan have got. Yeah. Uh, they're just changing the rules around all the time, changing the nature of the sport, and there's no consistency in it now, and it hasn't improved it. Uh, yeah. For example, they, they do um, the electronic touch pads now that they're using. Yes, that's right. They've got rid of all the old uh, flicky, um, you know, switch kicking that, that we used to associate with World Taekwondo, because they don't, they don't, your foot doesn't make contact with the electronic pads for long yeah. enough to score techniques. And so, the change of the rules has removed what we would associate with being as staple techniques of world taekwondo. Sure, sure. Well, it, it, it's 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 a shame, uh, and you know, I'm I'm hoping that um, you know maybe there will be some more rule changes for the better, but 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 we'll see. Um, so m- moving on, really, um, the next thing is is about fitting how you fit, you know, martial arts into your current day now. Uh, now that you're a, a martial arts instructor, and I know. Um, again, like all of these things, it's you could probably talk about this for hours, and I can mm-hmm. certainly talk about how I fit martial arts into my everyday. You know, talking about my morning routine just now, I actually see that as part of my my martial arts. Even just the the relaxing bit, the sitting down, getting away from it, playing guitar. For me, that's that's all about my martial art and what I need to do to actually be a better martial artist. So it's really how you fit it into your your everyday life, and I also know as well that you know you, you do a slightly different um or concentrate on a slightly different part of the martial art as well perhaps uh, you know real applications maybe you can talk about that as well and, and how you got into that yeah okay that sounds good well uh the question is um how do i fit martial arts into my everyday life mm. but actually the question should be really flipped for me and it's how do i fit my everyday life into my martial arts <laughs> right yeah yeah definitely I'm pretty much doing martial arts all day, every day, in some form or other. Um, if I'm not writing uh, books, you know, I write I write this book that took me a while. If I'm not writing that or publicising that, 
I'm producing DVDs. I'm producing. Can, can I just say, sorry to cut you off again. Can I just say for anybody that 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 statement was quite flippant with a book. Uh, people say, "Oh, I just wrote a book." <laughs> anybody who's ever wrote a book will know how long that takes uh, with everything, pictures, the the editing, everything. Uh, you know, I did a very very small one, and I'm I'm writing one now, uh, but. Just that remark, <laughs> you know, you're talking about a huge part of your life. But sorry, carry on. Oh, definitely. Don't worry. Like I got, I'll be coming back to plug that in a minute. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just literally takes over your life, and also the training as well. Like, I, um, I, I, although Taekwondo is my first love, it's not the only martial art I study. So I study Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I study uh, kickboxing. I study old style uh, Okinawan karate. And I'm trying to spin the plate to keep all those things going at the same time, keep up my strength and flexibility, but also uh, the techniques sure. and drilling of the other arts. Uh, and if I, yeah, as I say, like if I'm not actually physically training and filling up my time with training, um, then, uh, you know, I'm filling it up with producing books or uh, blog articles or YouTube videos or um, right, yeah. fixing my uh, podcasts and Sure. Uh, things like that, you know. So I'm, I'm obsessed with it. The problem is trying to squeeze in my family life into it. That's the thing. Trying to get the balance. Of, <laughs> yeah, I know how that feels. Because I mean, as soon as I start talking about martial arts or anything to do, because because I mean, I'm I'm like dreadfully boring at dinner parties because all I talk about is martial arts and people's eyes glaze over. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going you know? to the wrong dinner parties? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. But you know, whenever I start speaking about anything to do with my life outside of my family, it's obviously martial arts related. My wife's eyes just glaze over. She just walks off now. I'm so bored of it. <laughs> yeah, I try, I'm trying to get a balance. That's the thing. Uh, but we shall see whether I manage that or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it is difficult. It's difficult to get a balance. Like, as you say, uh, I think you're right. You know, it's how do you fit, um, you know, your life into your martial arts. Certainly that is with me. Uh, you know, having uh, four children, two older ones, two younger ones, and, and trying to get enough time to to see them and to, you know, do, do the things that they love to do as well um, and be part of their lives is, is quite difficult. Uh, but I think, you know, as, as martial artists, you know, um, certainly for me, you know, my two older kids, I, I, I got them into martial arts so we could do something together. Um, mm. And also my my younger two as well into martial arts that we could do something together uh, with, with a view to them, perhaps when they got older, uh, doing what I do, but none of them have taken it on <laughs> so far. So um, I'm still here on my own, unfortunately, but but there we go. There we go. I suppose that's the, um, uh, <laughs> that's the other side of, uh, of being a martial arts teacher and having martial arts is your life, really. They've, they've probably got fed up of it after all the years, but anyway. But yeah. um, go on, go on. No, no, I was just going to say, like, uh, you know, uh, hippie parents, uh, you know, their kids quite quite often run off and become accountants or join the city or something like that. Or the other the other way around is, like, you know, people from uh, uh, posh background, uh, accountancy backgrounds or, you know, really sure. respected trades, their kids quite often go off and, and do the other thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'm trying to find that balance of, not forcing my kids into martial arts, letting them find their own way there and guiding them. But yeah, they're not as obsessed about it as me either. So I can, I can see the same thing happening. Yeah. I can see yeah. drifting off into something else. Yeah. As you say, if, if you love them, you have to let them go. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I guess. So, so there we are. So t- tell me a little bit about um, 
you know your you, your book um and i know that um you you know you like the uh, the, the other side of well that's not the other side of the martial art it's actually part of the martial art um mm. it, it's something that i really haven't uh, explored uh, not in great detail i did do some years ago but it was the alternative uh, applications um of the the techniques that we used and, and and why that's so interesting to you right uh well i, I i'm one of those people that has to know stuff and I, i'm one of those annoying people that you know if you're in a conference or uh, a seminar or something, I will be the one putting my hand up, answering, asking all the questions. I have to know everything that I need to know before I leave. And, and that's just the way I've always been. I've always I had that kind of inquiry in mind. And uh, I've been to university a few times, studied various different things. And uh, yeah, just I've enjoyed that as a way of satisfying my curiosity in, in whatever I was studying. And, and so consequently, when I was involved in martial arts, the same thing. I asked loads of questions. I needed the answers. And in Taekwondo, uh, with regards to how the uh, patterns are applied, Taekwondo runs out of answers quite quickly. Um, so if you want to find out, like say, for example, uh, Jungo. Jungo is one of my favorite uh, patterns because it's one of the first ones that I managed to document all, all the techniques in it and, uh, and give all the applications for it. But if you if you want to find that you in the old days a, a kata or a pattern used to be a guy's teaching system. So the idea was that he would he or she invariably it was a he would teach you all the self defence that you needed to know, and so that you could remember it, they would create a solo form, a solo version for you to drill it on your own against an imaginary opponent, and that was your pattern or your kata or your hyung or your tul or your pumse or whatever. Um, but you wouldn't learn the kata or the pattern first. You'd learn the self-defense first. But now, consequently, uh, during uh, the modernization of karate, they pulled together hundreds and hundreds of kata, and learning kata for its own sake became a thing, which we've inherited into uh, Taekwondo. But learning the self-defense first has completely disappeared. So what happens now is when you, when you learn a pattern, you don't learn what the applications of it are. And in Taekwondo, we've got... A thing that is either good or uh, an obstruction, depending on how you look at it. We were given a, an encyclopedia by uh, General Che, uh, which contains examples of all the techniques. Shows you how high your knife hand goes, shows you how wide your L stance goes, which is great. But unfortunately, some of the uh, techniques he shows, he applies them against things which are not really very realistic, like a jumping flying kick, a knife hand or a W-shaped block against two flying kicks. Uh, and because there is a gap in the Taekwondo knowledge, people are looking to fill that. A lot of people have made the mistake of believing that General Che knew all the applications and put them all in the encyclopedia, and that is it, and there is nothing else. Whereas nothing could be further from the truth. Lots of people who trained with General Che said he was quite open to you finding out what the things were. And when they created Taekwondo, that wasn't his focus. His focus wasn't to create an art with hundreds of different grappling applications. His focus was to create, was to forge men of steel that could punch through walls and leap over moving cars, uh, which is widely documented that he was obsessed with people leaping over um, moving cars, you know, and he got his guys, his his team that he took around the world with, with, with Nam Taehee and Ahil Cho and people like that were absolutely incredible athletes. And you would look at them and go, wow. 
So people didn't need to know how to get out of a headlock or how to escape from having your hair pulled because they were looking at these men and thinking, wow, that is what I want to be. I want yeah. to dedicate my life to becoming one of those men of steel. And, uh, you know, that that's true. And that was great. But unfortunately, we have 24 or 25 or 26 patterns, depending on how, how you want to count them. And uh, not much is dedicated to learning all the great self-defense stuff that the patterns contain. And I'm one of those people who has to know stuff. So uh, when I found out that the, the, what the answers weren't within Taekwondo, I had to go and find out the answers myself, which took me on a journey of discovery and took me to studying various different martial arts, classical jiu-jitsu, bits of kung fu, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I've got some answers from them. But it, it, when I hit uh, a, an application-based form of uh, ok Okinawan old-style karate under the guidance of Patrick Hanson Patrick McCarthy, he had already done the journey that I was trying to do in karate 20 years before me. And he found out yeah. all the applications of karate because karate was the same. They'd lost the karate met, wanted men of steel. Yeah. And so they lost all the applications to their kata. And the more kata they collected, the, the more confusion they became. And so consequently, um, yeah. Uh, and, and because of the dogma uh, and the hierarchical system, you're not allowed to question what your instructor um, says. And your instructor, his instructor went to question up their chain of authority. And the guy at the top, their word is sacrosanct, is pretty much uh, the word of God. So if they say something is the way it is, you can't question that. Um, and that's great if you live in the East, because that's the kind of Confucius-based culture that they have, one of respect sure. and yeah. the worship. But that isn't the culture of the West. Our West is post-enlightenment thinking, critical thinking, where we challenge everything. And that challenging and pulling apart stuff becomes a process of learning. So uh, that's the way I grew up, and uh, that's the way we argued when we were kids with our parents. Uh, we argued among ourselves. I went to university. They taught me argumentation and academic uh, ways of pulling apart things and critical thinking. And so when I found out that there weren't any answers to uh, the, what the application of the patterns were, I, needed, I applied this model of thinking to that and found a lot of the answers. That's it's interesting. Well, no, no, that's great. It's, it's that's a, a great explanation. I, I actually many moons ago, um, I don't know, probably about twenty years ago, I, I read a I read a book. Um, it was slightly different uh, to your book, but it, it was it was by a, a karate instructor. I think it was a sixth degree, and I know I've still got the book, and I've been trying to find the book, um, and it's quite a thick book, but it only had. Uh, about four different techniques in there. Um, and there was sort of the, the X block. And, you know, those people listening to this will not. I mean, the X block with the hands crossed, knife hand guarding block, and a few other things. And uh, he was interpreting saying, well, actually, he thinks that originally it was just these techniques um, and all, all the rest, um, you know, uh, not saying they weren't useful, but but they, they weren't, um, they were there really for, just for content, if you want to call it content. Um, now, I don't know, as I said, it, it's great actually to have different thoughts on martial arts, because there are so many different martial arts. You know, if you look at, if you look at the, the Kung Fu styles, where they uh, follow the, the movements of animals, for example, you know, the crane, the snake and the crane, and um, mm. 
uh, all that sort of thing, um, and try and mimic the way that animals fight, you know, tiger claw, that type of thing. It is interesting, and I think that um, there, there is certainly room for, um, you know, what you're doing and, um, you know, the, the book that you've written, which is a great book. And I, I've always said to people that, uh, in a in a way, I'm quite shallow because I um I love I love taekwondo. I love the kicking and punching, and I love the fitness side of taekwondo. Um, and that really is it for me. That's that's what I like. Um, whether it's because, um, you know, I haven't got an inquiring mind into that type of thing, I don't know. But um, that's a great great explanation. Where where do you think, from your point of view, now now that you've done that book, uh, maybe you're doing another book you know where would you like to take it in the future well the i think basically the natural progression is i want to i'm going to start um now covid's pretty much uh put a put the kibosh for a while on what i was doing yeah definitely but not most things at the moment yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and you can't touch we live in a world we can't touch people anymore and my whole thing is um is touching people <laughs> not walking up to random strangers but like uh <laughs> My whole thing is that the, the basic uh, grappling of Taekwondo, because uh, for me, the application of the patterns are, are mostly grappling based, which uh, what I mean by that is not like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu where you're 150 ways to put an arm bar on. What I mean is um, the, the applications take place when someone is grabbing hold of you. Right. Uh, because uh, violence, as we know, violence occurs uh, in a chaotic manner. And yes. if one guy doesn't knock the other guy out within four or five seconds, it invariably ends up in some form of grappling. One guy grabs the other guy and they wrestle for a bit. Sure. That's a natural instinct in us. The standing at a distance and punching it out has to be trained because it's not natural. And consequently, uh, the patterns uh, and all the techniques that they inherited from Taekwondo, a lot of them uh, take place at that close distance. So what I was going to do was travel around and enlightening people by helping them to find the applications of their patterns. But not only do that, but by creating small drills that they can introduce into their class so that as they go along, uh, uh, they can introduce them into their syllabus without changing the nature of their syllabus at all. So you still learn your patterns, you still have your kicking, you still have your lines, line work, and uh, but you can have these drills that you can introduce at various different belts that come out of the patterns and uh, you could teach your students, you know, uh, you know, say, for example, um, a way to escape a headlock using sure. a U-shaped lock, you know, or a way to escape a lapel grab uh, using a uh, twin knife hand, you know, or a way to escape uh, having your hands held behind your back again using a twin knife hand. So then that enriches what you're doing. It adds a whole, whole different level of understanding to it. And you don't have, I mean, it's not compulsory, but some people are looking for that. And and they quite sure it, once they don't get it they leave and they go somewhere else. And what I'm saying is, if I, I I will give you this, I'll help you to learn it, and you can introduce it into your schools. And for those people that want to know the answers but aren't finding them, you will then cover that. Because Taekwondo, as you said, is a broad church, right? You know, very very few people get into Taekwondo for the same reason that they stay for. Yes. Uh, so, you know, some people, I mean, I taught pattern applications, you know, 10 years ago, and I set up a, 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 a day, like once a month day where people would come down. And I was super excited about what I'd learned. And I was shocked that most of the black belts that I was training with didn't care. Because yeah, yeah. 
And I thought, well, how could you not care? How could you not get excited about this stuff? But yeah, I yeah. failed to understand that that was not why they did Taekwondo. Yeah, some of them, yeah. you know, some of them compete at an international level. Some people just like to turn up and chat with their friends. You know, it's a social thing. It's a broad yeah. church. As you say, you, you have your area that excites you and I have my area that excites me. And I think uh, as an art, we, it's all encompassing. We can we can introduce all that and keep keep it all, you know. And that's why I wrote yeah. the book, is to to empower people who are looking for something within the within the, the, the broad church of Taekwondo that they're not finding, but that is there. And it's I'm not teaching when I teach grappling to people, I'm not teaching them Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm not teaching them Okinawan karate. I'm teaching them Taekwondo. You know, uh, it's just another uh, branch of their Taekwondo that they can develop. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's a fast, fascinating look at it. Well, uh, I mean, anybody listening to this, um, Kieran's details will be in the show notes. So if you want to contact him and find out more, uh, maybe you're an instructor, you want to get him down to your school just to, um, you know, ha- um, go over some of these things, then um, the details will be there. So, you know, please, uh, please contact him. Um, that's excellent. I mean, my, my, my next thing really is, uh, I always think that with when I started karate, uh, middle 70s, um, and then taekwondo, uh, late 70s, uh, for me, I was I was looking for something. I didn't know what I was looking for. I mean, as you say, it was uh, mainly at first because we were watching the Bruce Lee movies, and uh, <laughs> that's what we, we wanted to be able to, you know, beat up 10 guys um, within about 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> but I think that was probably that was probably what we were looking for. But um, <laughs> what what do you think the main benefits uh, that you know learning uh, the variety of different arts that you've learned have given you? Um, I think w- the the biggest thing for me is um, uh, 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 it's just a kind of roundabout answer, but um, a lot of. I think the, one of the issues with um, various different martial arts was that over the years, uh, instructors and federations and the arts themselves have been very protectionist about their students and not allowed them to cross train, not allowed them to go and find answers somewhere else, which is great if your instructor knows all the answers, that's great. But if your instructor doesn't know all the answers, then you will never know the answers either to what you're looking for. Uh, and as you know yourself, having cross trained, Cross training is a great thing. Even if it just strengthens your love of your own art, you will learn stuff to bring back into your art that will strengthen what you already know. What, what you know, you've got your foundation, and you can bring other techniques in, and that will you, you you can build your house on your own Taekwondo foundation. But hey, you can find bricks and uh, roof tiles somewhere else, right? And uh, one of the problems is that in the past people have limited that. So you haven't been able to do that. And so consequently, I, I've, I'm i a great fan of cross-training and going and studying various different martial arts. And after studying all the various different martial arts that I have done and acquiring black belts in some and uh, blue belts and stuff in others, what I, I've discovered is that they're all the same. It's all the same. It's all one art. Uh, there are various different stylistic ways and interpretations of doing the same thing. Now, a good example of this is your knife hand. Now, we do a knife hand at a four, roughly a 45-degree angle with the edge of our hand 
Some people do a knife hand, uh, Chinese arts do a knife hand with the um, wrist and arm straight as well. Uh, you see that sometimes in Kung Fu as well, uh, karate as well. Um, and uh, the application for the knife hand, there are like hundreds of different things you can do with the same structure. So like, for example, sure. in a pattern, you extend an arm, an arm is straight. Uh, and you say, well, what is that? Is it a punch? Is it a push? Is it a grab? Is it an eye gouge? Uh, there's lots of things it can be. And the various different arts, they have various, th your body only makes a certain amount of shapes. And there's only a certain amount of ways using body mechanics to get out of stuff that's effective. Uh, and so various different martial arts apply that stylistic thing. So, in, in, you know, you, an escape in karate would look very different than an escape in Kung Fu, which would look sure. very different than an escape in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But they all utilize the same principles. Right. Um, so principles of leverage, principles of distraction, you know, um, principles of attacking weak areas and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, so that's that's basically what you learn. Right. Uh, hundreds of different ways to do the same thing. But really, at the end of the day, they're all utilizing the same principles. So they're all the same thing. And if you can get past the stylistic differences, you realize that it's just martial arts is just one broad church. OK, um, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's it. It's again, it, it, it is fascinating. I think that um, I know for me, sort of martial arts has, has given me a, an appreciation of, of of what I can do as a as an individual. I know that uh, in the early days of my taekwondo, uh, one of Master Ri Kiha's sayings was, you know, you have to your your body can be a human weapon, um, and. Uh, Oh, that's okay. <laughs> your body, yeah, it's all right. Your body can be a human weapon, and that's what um, you know. That's what he used to he used to sort of sort of preach uh, all the time. That you know, though you had four limbs, uh, they could be quite uh, quite deadly, and um, you know, you just had to train them and hone them. And obviously, in those days, we were doing a lot of uh, conditioning of knuckles and um, mm. forearms, which we don't tend to do so much these days. Uh, but um, that that's what. At that time, it sort of gave, it sort of empowered me. Really, that's what uh, that's what it gave to me. So uh, yeah, well, listen, I'm gonna, I, I want to, because we're we're slightly out of time on this one. I, I want to come back and do a, a a second one with you. I want to okay. come back and do a second one with you. So I, I hope that uh, that'll be okay. Um, yeah, it's been it's been super informative. Uh, I love uh, the fact that uh, you, you're. I love the fact that people are passionate about anything, whatever it is. Um, and that passion certainly comes through and it certainly shows through um, with, you know, the alternative applications and also your love for martial arts as well. You've been in martial arts a long time. And, you know, I think there are certain people um, who will never leave the martial arts. I believe you're one of those. Um, <laughs> de de yeah. Definitely. I'm certainly one of those. I often say that I can't do anything now. I've been in it so long that it's just part of me. So I'm sure that's the same with you. I, I just want to say thank you very much to uh, the audience listening to this. Uh, if you go to liveinmartialarts.com, uh, you can pick up on this podcast. Also, don't forget, we're going to put Mr. McDonald's uh, details in the show notes. If you want to get in touch with him, please get in touch with him. Um, and he'll be able to uh, just give you a bit more information about what he does and how he does it. Thank you very much, and hopefully we'll, we'll catch you soon. Thank you. Thank you.